0: everyone, and um, welcome to our third episode of the PlayPod with Playboard NI. And um, that's our new podcast and um, things that we're doing now. My name's is McCusker. I'm a Play Development Officer with Playboard now for 15 years. And I would work mostly with the primary schools across the north. And there's been many a school I've been in. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming to our podcast, Jenna Laurie a primary school teacher from um, kokule in Bangor, and Suzanne Adamson, another primary school teacher from Balamina Primary School. Um, hello, ladies. Thank you for coming and joining us here this afternoon and um, to talk about your experiences. And um, before I start speaking to the girls and find out about their journey on the TOPS program, I'd like to just give a very quick overview of what the TOPS program is and the work that we're doing with schools. It's a, a program that was designed to promote quality play in primary schools for break and lunch times um, for children when they're out the, for their play times. Um, the experience we'd have it, that there would be a wide range of, of play on offer in our schools, depending on the size of the group their site and also the ethos of play that the staff would hold within the schools. And the TOPS programme would be us working with the schools then for a full school year and helping them to put things into place and to meet a set of standards whereby then they can pick up the award once this has been achieved. So enough from me. Um, good afternoon, ladies. I suppose we should go back to the basics, girls, of where it all began. and. probably ask you one of the most important questions what was play like in your school prior to signing up to the TOPS program Jenna I'll put it to you first yeah
1: um our play you know we've begun a process of um, developing it the indoor play and then that following that was our outdoor play and we thought about forest school which we were developing and and outdoor play just as part of our structured play, but we had it had never occurred to us, to be honest, that playtime at break and lunch would come under my remit as play coordinator. And looking back at that now, it seems laughable really, um, because it is such an important component. And um, the playtime outside, um, as it stood before TOPS came on board was, uh, probably what you would see in a lot of playgrounds Um, not much going on a lot of fighting and squabbling Um, very bleak um, boring tarmac part you weren't allowed on the grass very much um, those couple of days a year really <laughs> and um, the if it was a drizzle of rain you were swiftly brought back inside so the, the amount of time that you got outside was very limited as well so limited resources, didn't look very nice, um, a lot of squabbling, and a lot of teacher time was spent on dealing with, you know, we had restorative um, justice practice and training put in place to have to combat things that happened in the playground, because it was eaten in our curriculum time afterwards, um, and that was kind of, that's what our play really looked like, it was something as a teacher I dreaded uh break duty, absolutely hated the day that I was on duty. And that was it was for all of those reasons. Um, it was breaking up fights and trying to figure out what was going on between the children. And um, thankfully it's a very different situation now. Thank you, Jenna,
2: if you anything to add, Suzanne. Yes, um similar to Jenna, um we had been developing our four schools as well and had made great progress with our indoor play um, development and our outdoor play as well. And we had already in the junior playground to be developing our outdoor play, um, which was um, super. And actually now looking back, it's all so connected together, you know, and it, it, it links really well, um, which, is, which is really, really great to see, but, Yes, we before we had introduced a lot of the equipment that we have now, and more so in the uh, senior playground, um, there would have been a lot of people just kind of standing about. And the only thing really was football. Um, And they would either just be walking about or, you know, it was that or, or football. So actually now to see so many different things in place, especially for the older ones, we had always had. Uh, toys out for it, the younger ones and different equipment in at brick at lunchtime, certainly. Um, so, to have that in both playgrounds now, it really is um, wonderful to see how um, the key stage two children use the equipment as well.
0: So. Yeah, and that's a very interesting point, And I suppose a part of the progress um, that TOPS has brought for all children in primary schools experience would have it that you know there tends to be um planning and things put in place for foundation stage outdoor play areas in our primary schools mm-hmm. and then when it comes to the play times it's just kept separate and that area is kept separate part of this program is changing that mindset of well if we can do it for primary one and twos our primary six and seven children have the same right to the same quality play offer and that's the big, the, mm-hmm. big, uh, the big breaker, I suppose, and breakthrough that we've, we've think, seen happening.
1: I think there's I suppose... a big misunderstanding, definitely on my part, you know, of, of the, the Key Stage 2 ones being too grown up for play and um, this common misconception. And I have a little child, one of my children is um, P7 age, and she's still playing with dinosaurs and her other, you know, you'll catch her playing with her brother and sister's toys still. And I think we have this sort of inclination to make them grow up a wee bit too quickly. And they're really just interested in all the same things that a P2, P1 child would be interested in, so.
0: That's why I love the zones as well. And I always say to schools, there's two things that really make your your outdoor spaces work for you and work for the staff. And you girls are probably sick here in this over the past year or so. But one was the integrating of pupils because we keep them separated here as part of our practice in our schools to keep them safe, for health and safety. And the other one is that age appropriateness of play, offer where we go, oh, the P7s are too old for that, or the P6s wouldn't. And when you put those things into place and open all those areas up to kids, we do have boys running about dressed up in the playground and older kids in the messy play areas. So for me, the part of top success has been seeing that the actual theory that we preach and that we practise and that's written within our, our work ethos actually work. What, what helped you get to where you got? Who was when involved? We, what, did you ta- what did it take to get there?
2: We had a small um, working party. So we had a member from each key stage. So foundation, key stage one, key stage two. Um, and we involved, um, classroom assistants, supervisors, and uh, teachers as well. Um, So it felt like the whole staff had a voice um, and our principal as well. And what we wanted to do right from the beginning was have people voice right at the centre because we kept this mindset that, well, we're not going out to play with these toys. It's the children. So uh, they need to have the say and they need to have the choice as to what they want to play with. Um, And if they have that freedom to choose, then they'll also have that freedom to develop and to grow, to be creative. Um, I read a lovely quote uh, recently, and I'd actually put it in the evaluation. And I said, children deserve the, the right to learn, play and grow in a place that is alive, wild and just as wonderful as they are. And I just thought that is totally what TOPS is about. Like we want to transform the play into something almost magical for them, that play is just as important as um, other aspects of school as well. So right from the get-go, we thought we had children right at the center, this is who it's for, and worked on that level. So they were constantly um, uh, asked questions and the people consulted questionnaires around the school. Um, we have got parents involved, uh, members of the community came in and helped as well. So it really was a whole team effort to get yeah. this done. <laughs> yeah,
1: whole
0: school approach. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And similar for you, Jenna, Um, yes,
1: was, Now, unfortunately, I was, as a play coordinator, I went off on maternity leave just as we got uh, funding came through for the whole programme. So it was a bit of bad timing. And then when I came back, COVID hit us. So it was a bit of a journey, that's for sure. But um, you know, we got there in the end. But just like Suzanne was saying, we had it was sort of death by Google forms. But um, we were sending out surveys uh, to the parents, and it was just really and the children as homeworks as well for their pupil voice. And it was just really interesting what they had to hear, what they had to say, and and um, we involved all the staff. That was really important, especially getting the lunchtime supervisors on board and. Um, know making them feel as part part of a team that was really really important to us, and just changing the way um the traditional sort of approach to how they manage the children and allowing them to see that there was maybe an alternative way to supervising them but it was difficult because of covid and different um staff members at the time had different anxieties about things but um you know i feel like if we got through this during that time um it would it would be fine for anybody and it would be so much easier. Um, So if we can accomplish that with all those restrictions and changes and confusion, um, you know, people could accomplish this in such a short period of time.
0: Yeah, and even the likes of the extra restrictions as well of the class bubbles and the very strict ones when the school's just reopened. So you're definitely, definitely in my top 10 for, uh, you are in the top 10 schools because 10 hold the award at the minute and um, your schools being the most recent at picking those up and um, one in october and one in november of 2021 so well done to your schools and you two being the my main drivers <laughs> um i know for, for for certain um jenna wouldn't take no for an answer of anybody so that was that was uh <laughs> work well done jenna woman after me um yeah. I, I, I suppose as well there was a lot of work went then. was that whole school approach and I think you've touched on that yourself there um, the staff training definitely is an essential part of it because that's Jenna where you're talking there of changing the mindset the way adults supervise outdoor playgrounds and if it wasn't for staff training built in to the programme we could carry on with the way things were before So that's a very important part, I suppose, changing that mindset, changing the ethos of play.
1: I think it was really important that, you know, we had the authority of Playboard and I and the experts to give us the training because, you know, the staff, certain members of staff who have been in the school longer than I, they're never going to take my word for it. They just probably think I'm this crazy play person that's come in um, with all these crazy ideas. And. You know there was a culture of um health and safety in a, a totally different way where footballs were too dangerous I remember like in my first couple of years um, working in school and I decided that it was okay for them to bring a football out and other members of staff were aghast so that I had <laughs> um the audacity to do this because um, th- footballs would cause injuries and skipping ropes were banned Ev- nearly everything was banned at one point um so it's, it, by having the training with uh, Playboard I, it got everybody together and seeing like the benefits of it and ch- it changed everybody's mindset and everybody was, you know, working towards the same values. And I think having that award now, um, you know, it just shows that they, these are our values in school and this is how, you know, we're all working towards the same sort of vision now. So that's what I thought was brilliant about the whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you can see even you know, as, a, as the support worker, or the key worker that helps support us through the programme. One of my favourite things is when you get invited to do, you know, that final play audit. Um, I just love that. I, I do everything but dance around the playground. And on the day of um, Kilkoolies, uh, there was African drums, Sam out there. So uh, we all, I think, practically were dancing. And the difference, because it was such a big, fast, open bare space on the baseline but as well as seeing the differences in the play offer and what your schools managed to achieve and, and made available now for children's play it is that change and ethos that really strikes hard with me there were staff playing games with kids other staff looked nice and relaxed as they walked around supervising from the distance it's like we've they've achieved this mindset of oh, it's okay they're only playing but i'm still here to keep me eye just in case they need support or something happens. And that's, I suppose that's the vision that we all want when we go on this. Um, I suppose to, as we're, we're drawing to a close, and um, another interesting question for me would be, would you recommend TOPS to your um, other schools? I know you all know other teachers and principals and um, school clusters. Would you recommend it as a programme? Would you be able to pre-warn them of, you know, the challenges that may be involved or some of the hurdles they might come up against? Or would you say, no, it's definitely worthwhile if you can get your whole school on board and um, go for it? What's your thoughts on that?
2: I think um the having the whole school approach is so important. It's a team effort. Um. And the training was really beneficial for that as well. Um, what uh, I would hundred percent recommend it in the whole process and just seeing the transformation in not only the physical transformation of the playground, but um, the emotional and social transformations of the children themselves um, and how they are just really immersing themselves in play um, and choosing what they want. And what I would say is that it doesn't have to be all singing, all dancing. You don't need the latest equipment. You don't need the, um, you don't need, you know, the 1,000-pound equipment slide and swing. Um, there, you need cardboard boxes and you need loose parts play. And that stuff, you know, your community can give you. Your friends and family can find that. Parents can find that. Um, And it's not about spending lots of money, it's just being really resourceful and thinking, well, yes, this is a cardboard box, but actually to a child, it's a hat, or it's a house, or, you know, it's it's a car, and it's just letting, giving them that basic equipment for them to then develop from that and develop it into something new, so...
1: And I think also the you know getting the adults involved and in playing with you know playing football rather than sitting with their coffee cup and watching um yes. with the little course but yeah that you know it, it builds that relationship with those children and back to whenever when I my previous point at the beginning of the podcast when I was saying about how I dreaded going out for play I love going outside now for playtime um it's a real joy and you know you have a different total um way of speaking to the children because it's a totally different environment and i think then that complements when you go back to the classroom you've built such a strong bond with them outside in a really relaxed way and i just noticed that the children i'm sure susan would say are much more settled to learn when they're back inside now they've been given the, the proper time and exercise that they need you know it links in with all those government initiatives of mental health and and um and also for how much exercise they're supposed to be getting or their goals for that so it just complements everything. We do have bikes and trikes. I don't know if you have them, Suzanne, down in the yeah. school. But we, Shanine will say, we had those out timetabled. Um, it seems so ridiculous now, but we had them timetabled once a week and for half an hour for each class down in the school. And if it was raining on your a lot of time, then yeah, sorry, hopefully next week. And yeah. now we have them out all day long. <laughs> um, and now the children, I've noticed such a difference in their you know, their gross motor skills, even their fine motor skills from just putting on costumes that are, you know, being sitting around. Um, we created a role play area or, you know, role play area stage, but it's just not costumes that we went and bought. It was ones that were donated to us, like Suzanne was saying, you know, getting it from the community. And um, I think that has made such a difference in the classroom as well. And um, so there's benefits um, you know there's just so many benefits but we had kids that were teaching each other how to ride without uh, stabilizers and and, yeah. uh, and all sorts so it's been it's been great and the, the big equipment's great but just like Suzanne was saying chalk bubbles and a speaker with some music playing was probably the three top things <laughs> for, for us at playtime mm-hmm. for
2: us in the Key 2 playground especially and um, when you hear the word mud kitchen you automatically think primary one, primary two, I'd push primary three. but actually the mud kitchen we have three mud kitchens in our key2 playground and they're wonderful and before we had introduced them to the older playground, the pupils weren't allowed in behind um, one of the gates where there were some trees and some shrubs. and now we said, well actually, the benefits outweigh the risks here. And the people's they can't, they collect the leaves, they collect like maybe some stones, they're making stone soup, like um, leaf pie, you know, digging in the mud. And actually it's a really heartwarming thing to see that, you know, before you would think, well, a P7 wouldn't play in a mud kitchen, but actually, no, you just have to provide the opportunities. Um, it wouldn't be fair as us as practitioners to not give them that opportunity in the first place. Um, so and it to seems provide that opportunity, it works.
0: It seems a shame as well that all the materials that you mentioned are all those beautiful natural resources, especially this time of the year Well, most definitely autumn, when they fall from the trees and your grounds are full of them, yeah. but they were the, the restricted areas and the children couldn't mm-hmm. access them independently for their play and, for their messy play and mm. sensory play. Thank you. Mm. I suppose as well, one of the last questions I would have, thinking of schools and playing schools, and something that's been being really um, pushed over the last four or five years is outdoor learning during curriculum time. Would you th- Do you think that TOPS has influenced your school's use of the outdoors then for curriculum learning? and activities in the outside spaces?
1: I think they just all complement each other, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you see the benefits to what suzanne has been doing for school as well. So there was just so many overlaps with risk benefits. Um, and I think, you know, we, the children just, we need to sort of reframe our minds when we're planning and think, how can this, can this activity be done outside? And if it can, then choose outside because the children will learn better, and it'll be a much more engaging um, experience for them if you can get them outside. So it's definitely changed my way of thinking, and I just try to get them outside as much as possible, even if it's a one group, you know, one one task board that they're doing. Um, and I think all schools are going to go are going that way. You can sort of see it with my own children and and their school, uh, you know which is really positive um, and away from the old days where I went to that primary school that my children go to and you were told, get off the bank. And it was this tiny wee slope. Um, <laughs> and when, you, you know, cause it was too dangerous. Um, so when you think about that now, um, it, it seems so comical really, doesn't it? You know, compared to where we are. So it's very positive, looking forward for, for our kids in the future. Brilliant. I suppose there's three links.
0: Um, I remember you talking to me about this um, when you went and did your forest school training and went up to visit the Clandy boy outside after school's yes. club. You were just blown away and wanted just to carry Clandy boy back in and <laughs> reset it Yes, in Ballamina. Um, but I think you had a conversation with me at that time and it really sort of put things into perspective for me where you said there's three things coming together and that's our outdoor play, our forest school training, and outdoor learning for with the mm-hmm. curriculum. And I suppose they complement each other so, so well that we would live and hope that more teachers will be encouraged to to utilise their outdoor spaces yes. and get kids outside for more outdoor learning as well as quality mm-hmm. quality play.
2: Well, I know a big so we introduced. So after our visit to Candy Boy, we introduced our fire pit. And um, with that, it was initially myself and Mrs. Henry, another foundation stage teacher. And we had um, the fire pit going and s'mores and singing songs outside. And it was this lovely experience. But now this year, a lot more Key Stage 2 classes have actually used the fire pit as well because there's a mindset shift that oh fire oh no can't go near fire with children no but actually it's teaching the responsibility well maybe we should be teaching how a fire is lit safely by an adult and this is how fire is used responsibly and um, creating you know a lovely social aspect where we can you know toast s'mores and we can talk about aspects of PDMU and, um, you know, bring, again, learning outside in a creative and fun way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies, thank you so much for running out of time.
0: But there's two, two points, I suppose, I'd like to finish with. One is to thank you um, for all your hard work and, and for managing to pick up your TOPS awards given the the uncertain times that we've just came through and um, before we were talking about the past year now as we were reminded today at a meeting and um, I was at with work at we're going into two years of uncertainty and restriction and all the things we've had to juggle about and you still managed to pick it up so well done to your two schools and the second thing is I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank the DE who have funded 20 schools to be involved with Playboard this year through their COVID recovery and funding, where we're going to be doing tops where we are currently, not going to, we are currently doing 10 top schools this um, academic year and 10 positive playgrounds. So hopefully your um, feedback and your experience will encourage them to push on through, not to give up if anything else uncertain, happens (laughs) in these uncertain times. (laughs) and we'll have 10 more schools joining um, our top schools. So well If done. any
1: of them would like to give us a wee call, I'm sure Suzanne would agree, you know, um, if there's yeah. anything we can advise them or, or give um, any tips or whatever, they're welcome. You can give us or give them our contact details and mm-hmm. be happy to help them or have a
0: conversation. Brilliant. I have been learning and I know I got your permissions to share some of the good practice, which is brilliant that the top schools do that. You know anything that we're sharing now with, and um, the support we're offering and the resources—they're from schools that are doing it here, which is fabulous. We're no longer um, dependent on across the water. Good practice—we've got it all happening in our own schools here. Yeah. So yeah, thank you all so much, and have a lovely Christmas. And I hope to see you in the new year. Keep up the Bye. good work. Bye. Play, play, play.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas.